Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bar Down Kraken. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Bar Down Breakdown. Got Kraken on the brain. Don't know why. Episode 72. Uh, we've got a good one coming up for you. Uh, but before we get into our interview with Grant of Gutter King, um, obviously, we, we got to talk about this. So uh, the Seattle NHL franchise finally named their team uh i know it was talked about for a while that they were going to do something kind of like this i think even the name kraken was uh was kind of thrown around and and teased at uh but it's official they're the kraken it's super cool man uh the kraken is also the name of a rum that i like to drink so you know bones up mikey is that what, what do you think man is that the slogan for cracking rum no but you know i just thought of it and it bones up i like it you know yeah in in my day we only messed with admiral nelson oh god if what it, a if, yucky what a yucky thing but... if, it, if it wasn't <laughs> in a plastic bottle it wasn't for me wasn't for you absolutely but dude no joke slam dunk nhl like they finally did something cool and like yeah i i really didn't think they would go with the Kraken. Like, I, I figured it was just going to be, like, something lame. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if they were, like, the Seattle Sockeyes or Sockeyes or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I didn't expect them to be cool. And just job well done. Like, the jersey design is so sick. It's, like, I guess the original Tennessee Titan color scheme like, right, didn't the Tennessee Titans have, like, navy blue, baby blue, and, like, a little red accent? Um, yeah, or do they still they have did. that? No, they, I mean, they're, they kind of still have that. See, I see when I looked at it, I mean, now that I'm looking at it right now, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it a little differently. But when I first looked at it, I thought I saw some, like, teal in there, and I was like, oh, they're kind of, like, following in the footsteps of the of the Seahawks, you know, with those kind of that nautical kind of cool, you know, like watery color scheme. But uh, yeah, man, I, you know, it, it really is super cool. And like at first glance, I was just like, oh, that's cool. Like I like anchors, you know, I have an anchor tattoo. Yeah, like, of course. You know, the nautical theme is sweet. But yeah. then when you actually look close at the anchors, like they also incorporated the Seattle Space Needle. Oh yeah, shit, look at that. That's awesome. Uh, so you yeah. you kind of had the same exact reaction like when I realized that and I was just like yeah. those little attention to details are like what makes people go out and buy a jersey. And Dude, you're 100% right, man. And I I think um I think you know a lot of people are going to go and jump at that because uh you know, it's it's super cool looking. Like I said, it's uh you know, it's it's fresh for jerseys, and uh, I think um, you know the NHL is going to see a pretty big uptick from uh, from their merch for them, even if it is a little. I'm sure it'll be a little boring, but you know the logo is cool, the ethos is cool for sure. And I already saw that someone went out and got 
a Seattle Kraken tattoo. And they even took it like one step further. And they didn't just get like the the main logo, like from the chest or like the the shoulder patch. They incorporated both of them into one design. Oh, wow. And it it's like, holy cow, that's even better. That should be like their third jerseys. It's so sick. So I'll, I'll try to send you the picture of that guy's tattoo. And then no joke, like whoever is running the any like the Twitter account for them is just top notch. Yeah, phenomenal job so far. I saw that they put out a tweet. They were like, so now that you guys like our jerseys, we're coming for all of your like Dude, like that's their unrestricted Twitter, free agents. That's their Twitter bio right now. It's now that we have a name, we're strategizing all the ways to draft your favorite player. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? A plus all around. Like <laughs> you are doing it right. Seattle slam dunk. Yeah. Super man. And, and um, you know, obviously it, it is going to be really cool. Could be a little bittersweet, but I mean, it is going to be cool to see how that expansion draft uh, plays out and who ends up going over to Seattle. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to be, um, you know, we're going to be in for a, a cool little treat. And speaking of a cool little treat, I'll tell you a little bit about the interview that we got coming up. So like I said, we are talking with Grant of Gutter King. Uh, Grant, I believe, is the drummer of Gutter King. Uh, super sweet. Um, you know, aggressive band, man. Very cool. From freaking Calgary. Yeah, right. Um, the only thing I know about Calgary is Brett the Hitman Hart and Jerome McGinley. So hopefully we can talk about both of those things. Um, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Super cool, awesome band. I really hope you guys end up digging them. Uh, you know, we popped them, you know, a little, little early into our playlist. So uh, if you guys get the opportunity, um, well, obviously when this comes out, you'll you'll have already listened to our playlist because that's the kind of people you are so we hope you enjoy our interview with grand from gutter king we hope you stream the shit out of their music like we're doing and uh, we hope you have an awesome time listening Yeah. 
Hockey fans, music fans, we have a treat for you tonight. This is Mikey, Tom, Bar Down Breakdown, episode 72. We're old men on a Friday night hanging with the youngsters. Uh, this poor guy probably wants to go out, drink some Molson's, but he can't because he's stuck here with us. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got Grant from Gutter King and Widmore. He is a lifelong Calgary Flames fan, so we're super pumped to talk to him. First question I have for you, Grant, and probably the most important one, is how far do you live from the Hart House? Oh, man. I don't, I don't really know. Probably only like three kilometers, I guess. Three kilometers? Like legit three kilometers from like the Red Hart House? Uh, if, if I... I'm thinking of actually where it is, is where I think so like, it is. Then, like, yeah, so, like three kilometers. <laughs> so follow-up question. So, like, obviously the, the Hart family has, like, a million people in it. Uh, like, have you ever, like, run into any of them? Are you friends with any of them? Can you get me any of their numbers? <laughs> no, but uh, my mom was best friends with, uh, oh, what's Brett's brother's name? The one that died. Owen? Yeah, he, she was like best friends with Owen before she died back in the back in the day. Whoa! All right. Yeah, she's been to the Hart House many times, actually. Dude, all right. Well, we gotta maybe maybe we'll talk more about that off air because this is not uh, specifically a wrestling podcast, unless yeah. <laughs> unless I I make it a wrestling <laughs> podcast, which I want to do. But, um, dude, awesome to have you on. Yeah, thanks for let's having just, me. Let's just let's just launch right into uh some uh, some Gutter King stuff, just because uh you know. Honestly, we stumbled upon you, and dude, you guys are heavy as shit, man. So give me a little background. Uh, how long have uh, have y'all been playing? Um, you know, like what have you? What were you doing before this? And like, how did uh, Gutter King kind of like the genesis of Gutter King? Like, how did it start? Well, the other three people in the band, uh, Bertie, Allen, and Seth, they've been friends for since I don't know elementary school. I was the new guy for sure. Um, one time, my old band was playing in the city that most of them live in, and uh, I just messaged him out of out of the blue and asked if uh, there's any hype on the show. And then we started talking, and then one thing led to another, and I started writing and drumming with them. I think that was I think we launched about two years ago. But, yeah, it was. It's been pretty good so far. Um, other than that. It's been those three, the core, for probably four, four years, three or four years before I showed up. And then uh, we kind of just, uh, I guess, like completed the, the, the band. I guess. <laughs> cool, man. Awesome. Um, so uh, you know, in terms of influences, you know, stuff that uh, that moves you. You know, any bands or drummers specifically that you, um, you know, have kind of had, had a lasting impact on you in the way you write and the way you play? Uh, throw, throw them a couple at me, man. Man, I, I grew up, Park, Parkway Drive, like my favorite band. And just yeah. the way how they, um, they kind of did everything is, was just my whole, like, that's who I want to be when I'm a kid. Like, that's what I want to do. But um, as far as drummer goes, like uh, Matt Griner from August Burns Red and Adam Gray from Texas in July have been my biggest inspiration since 
I don't know, probably for at least 10 years. So um, I guess now like it's more shifted to like more technical drumming, I guess. Like, okay. uh, like uh, Eric Prada from like Night Versus is sure. probably my favorite drummer right now mm-hmm. he's just he's pushing boundaries that i i love to see that so uh so other than I, oh go ahead man I, I didn't mean to cut you off no worries it's just uh other than like traditional i guess metalcore drummer it's it's gone a little bit more uh technical for sure excellent man so i could tell you uh a, a quick story uh i guess we can call this like seven degrees of separation for my co-host here so, uh, you know, obviously you, you mentioned night verses, uh, you know, obviously before they started writing instrumentals, you know, Doug, who used to be in the sleeping was, you know, their vocalist for a record or two. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the, you know, the sleeping, obviously, um, you know, me being a drummer, one of the drummers that I love to watch and pattern myself after was, you know, Joe Zizzo, who was in the sleeping, who, you know, it's funny. Like when you I, I, are you a sleeping fan? Do you listen to them? Have you have you ever listened to them I've, before? I've never listened to them, man. All right, cool. So uh, definitely give yourself an opportunity when you get a chance and, and throw on some of their records. But one of the things I found uh, about the sleeping is that uh, their drummer he kind of like on the first record he overplayed like the shit out of that record, like just yeah. overplayed everything, and then he finally like calmed down on like the second or third record, but. I bring the sleeping up uh, for a great Mikey Ryan story that I've told a hundred times, but never on air. So uh, one uh, warp tour back home, we, we both grew up on Long Island. Oh gosh. What was this? Maybe 2008 or seven or something. Mikey, do you remember the year? Yeah, probably sounds about right. Maybe even yep, like sounds- six, seven. So Mikey at this point in his life, he's uh, he's chilled out to like old man status. You know, he's uh, definitely, Definitely not as crazy as he used to be, but Mikey used to be a heavy drinker. I used to be a heavy drinker along with him, and we would do a bunch of weird shit. And uh, So we went to Warp Tour together. Uh, we split up to watch two different bands. Didn't see him for another four hours, and the next time I saw him was uh, just right before the sleeping. We're about to play at Warp Tour, uh, and uh, Mikey, in his drunken stupor, got sunscreen in his eye. So what he just kept doing to everyone that would like look at him or listen to him, he would just point to his eye like his red mangled, disgusting sunscreen eye. <laughs> yeah. And somehow like after the sleeping played, like they were getting off stage and we got close enough up to be like, Oh, Doug, like great set. Instead of Mikey saying anything, he's just like, dog he pointed at his eye. And like, Doug was like, uh, I don't, that's gross, man. Just so, weirded uh, out. so I, I never really had an opportunity to tell that story transitionally because it never really, uh, I never had the opportunity, so I thank you for giving me that opportunity <laughs> to tell this story. Is there, is there pictures of uh, of the red eye? Do you no, have, I like, don't know if we like pre smartphone days, man. Like we had flip phones. The <laughs> oh, pictures I guess would be so. <laughs> like all grainy. You wouldn't even be able to tell it was me in those pictures. I was ten oh, years man. old. Oh god. <laughs> but I but I I appreciate you giving me the 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 capability to tell that story on air. I really always yeah. wanted to do that. It's a great story. Tell them more <laughs> often. Yeah, I right. I should. And uh, it's funny you 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 bring up Parkway Drive too, because we had uh, a couple of episodes. We had uh, our our buddy Nick from We Set Signals all the way over in Australia. And yeah. You think that there's no hockey fans in Australia, but there's a couple, and Nick's one of them. But um, it's like funny if you're you know in the past ten years if you're a heavier band from Australia, like 
they look at like Parkway Drive as like a reverent being. Like whether you love them or hate them, like Parkway Drive was like kind of the biggest thing to like have success out of Australia. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, uh, you know, so I just, I, you know, every time I hear them now, I just think about like how Australians just kind of look at them as like this, like, you know, kind of like little, little engine that could and just burst out. But Parkway Drive yeah, is definitely one of those bands that is kind of shaped modern metal for sure, man. So, well, so they're, they're kind of leading the, uh, the more metal route of quote unquote metalcore genre because yeah. they're, they're headlining Bakken now and the big, they're doing stadium tours now. So like, Oh yeah. They, um, they're the blueprint for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, on that note, obviously, you know, uh, just looking at what you guys have, you have kind of accomplished, obviously, you know, um, it looks like you've got beyond grief that came out back in 2018. And from there, looks like you guys have released a couple of singles. So are you guys, do you have like an album in the bag that you're kind of sitting on releasing or are you guys working on new material? You know, what's on your horizon, you know, in terms of new music, man, we're, we're always working on new material. Um, Seth is just, it's insane how many just demos he has on his computer. He's just, he'll write a whole song in a day. Like it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, but um, we have we have uh, an, another song, maybe more coming out pretty pretty quick here, and then okay. uh, we're we're doing everything else in in the shadows in the back right now. We're getting ready for more releases, I guess. Cool. So, like, do you guys? I mean, not that you need to spill the beans, but like, do you guys have some have some shit up your sleeve, like in terms of some cool stuff that might be announcing soon? Uh, yeah, like um, hopefully by the by the end of the summer for sure. But uh, oh yeah, all right, yeah. excellent, man. We'll uh, we'll keep our eyes out for it, and you know, listen, if you ever uh, you know wanna wanna come back on the pod, man, and, uh, you know, you know, spill spill the beans, you know, and and let us like do the bells and whistles and like the Pee Wee Herman like word of the day shit, man. Like yeah. we're all on that for, for sure. Hey, Seth's a big Bruins fan. If I uh, don't know if you need a Bruins fan. I would oh, probably dude, love could, to do it. We could always use more hockey fans, man. We, could, we <laughs> yeah. should definitely, uh, we'll definitely try to try to work it out and get y'all both on at some point for another Word. episode, so we could, uh, so we could, so we can kind of chide a little bit, man. I love it, but uh, awesome. So you know, we'll we'll keep our eyes out for that. But the, you know, like I said, the the last, you know, the last single you guys put out, uh, you know, make believe, you know, back a couple months ago, man, that that rips. So. Are Thank we kind of? Thank you. You, you. You're very welcome. Are we? So is that what you'd say that like the kind of direction that we we should anticipate seeing from you guys? Um, yes and no. Okay. We have we have we have more than one release coming. Um, okay. One might be a curveball, but uh, all right. You you gotta you gotta throw out what? Hell yeah, um, man! You gotta throw those sometimes. So you know, we'll we'll see. Um. Some some are safe, some are some are a bit uh, risky, but we love it, so we don't really care. So listen, man, and that's all that matters, dude. You know, if you guys are writing music that that, that you love and you stand behind, it doesn't matter what people think because yeah, for sure. Pe- you know, people people will will love it. People will you know shit talk you and be like, oh, this is soft. But like, who cares, man? Do you? I, you're gonna get that either way. So <laughs> just do your thing, I guess. Definitely, man. Now I want to hop in here. So, Grant, Gutter King is still 
an independent band. Yeah. Now, that just blows my mind because the single you had before Make Believe Feather is yeah. like crushing it. And it's been out, you know, only a couple of months. And like your monthly streams and everything, it's like, where the hell are all these like A&R people? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, we were um, very happy with that release for sure. Um, we, when we were writing these songs, that was the one that like we had the feeling that it was like, I this one this one's gonna pop off. Like that was a song that we we knew it was gonna pop off. So we're happy that it it definitely um exceeded our expectations. But uh, I think funny story. Um, Alan made like a weird tiktok video of like this snow snowmobile dude like just ripping off this huge jump and like dubbed the song over and it got like over a million fucking views on facebook and ever since we posted that it just like hasn't gone down so maybe the success is just all right, now I need. I'm so fucking interested because, like, Tom and I are old. Tom, I'll speak for myself. Like, I do not have TikTok on my phone. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's like one of those social media platforms that I'm like too old to ever use. So, like, <laughs> there's such thing as like TikTok bands. Is this a thing? No, it was just like he found this video and like you can just like dub whatever audio you want over videos on tiktok or whatever and he just found this video and dubbed feather over the video and it got over yeah got like 1.4 million or something on facebook excellent it was freaking weird i don't want to like i don't want to let your secrets out but that sounds like it might be onto something man like it's tiktok's tiktok's new age like Shit. i was i don't really back it that hard but i mean i mean if it gets us out there it gets us out there no, that's 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 definitely a wild story. And then yeah. I, I guess I'm also curious about Dreambound, because when I went and watched some of your videos like on YouTube, it seemed like you guys were like extreme exclusively released them on Dreambound. Yeah, and I've noticed that like when I did some digging, like some other Canadian bands do the same thing. Like, is that more of a Canadian like YouTube streaming service? I'm not too sure of that one. No, this it sticks worldwide. Like, I think Captives is like this huge band from I think they're from the UK. Like, they dropped their full record on Dreambound I think last year, and it like blew up. But uh, they just yeah, it's just like I guess uh, I don't know who it runs it or anything, but you just you know pay a little money and they they'll upload it, they'll push it for you, and I mean it works obviously. Like we released. Feather through that, we released the Widmore single through that, and they both kind of popped off. So um, it's not a bad avenue for smaller, I guess, fans that need to really break out from the local scene to to uh, contact them because it it pushes your song to audiences all over the world. So absolutely, and it, and it and it works a lot. Like it works great. So so tell me about that local scene. So like. You know, before we start recording, I, I kind of mentioned how I know next to nothing about the city of Calgary. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if if someone said that there was, like, a crazy music scene there, I wouldn't even, like, believe them. So, like, 
is it I mean, pretty is it pretty like a, a strong tight knit community or do you, do you feel like you guys have to branch out you know to like you know Seattle's and and Vancouver's and like some of the West Coast cities? Well, oddly enough, like I never like really consider. Well, let's back. Like the Calgary scene is mostly just country. Like to be honest, like a lot of most people here listen to country music. So I guess heavy music's a little bit niche. But weirdly enough, the way I view our scene isn't just Calgary. It's like Winnipeg to Vancouver. Like I feel like that's considered like the Western Canada scene, and it's weird because like think of like the Seattle scene, the LA scene, the New York scene, like it's like very close circuit scenes, I guess. But like the Western Canada scene, which feels like it's like each city is just like a random city in this one scene. Like it's like a it's like a neighborhood in in the city, I guess, and it spans from yeah winnipeg to freaking vancouver it's it's kind of weird but so like when you guys book your own tours are those like the cities that you hit and then like you spread it over like a couple of weeks because it's not like you know vancouver's a two-hour drive away right nah it's like 12 from here yeah that's what i mean like that's that's crazy miles yeah but like like in Alberta, there's really only two cities. Like it's like Edmonton, Calgary. BC has like Kelowna and Vancouver. Most people freaking drive right through Saskatchewan because nobody wants to play Saskatchewan. And then you hit Winnipeg. So it's kind of like the the Western Canada circuit is like those, I guess, that five cities. Like you can hit a little bit, little smaller ones in between, but because uh, there's like big big mountains and like that's why it takes so long is because you got to drive through like the rockies which you just like wind and it takes forever but um yeah we don't have like the luxury of like seattle to like bremerton which is like an hour away and it's like a totally different scene it's like you gotta drive three hours from calgary for the nearest show which would be edmonton so damn it's, it's kind of weird <laughs> no that that definitely makes things tough but i guess the good thing is like there's no shortage of like really dope bands from those areas at this no point. dude western canada is, is popping off right now i love it no it really is and like you know I, I, i'm gonna be completely transparent our boy nick from chief state is who kind of like mentioned that we should get one of the gutter king guys on the podcast yeah so, he's, uh, he's the rad dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's the man. But, yeah, it, it's just crazy to hear, like, how strong the Canadian, like, music scene is, but yet, like, it's so spread out and so diverse, and, like, you know, that a, a 12-hour drive from one city to the next is just wild. Like, think of the, you know, where Tom and I grew up, kids from Long Island, they could just hop into the city, then they can hop down to Jersey hop to philly yeah like <laughs> and, yeah. and make a weekend out I, of like it. i did that with with widmore and it was like it was like mind-blowing it didn't it didn't feel like i left i left the city yeah and you're in a totally different city when like you drive from here to edmonton which is three hours and it's just empty prairies for the entire time well i guess you go through red deer but it's a pretty small city but it's uh it was cool being down there to 
to see that. And I, I get why like bands in the States pop off so much, I guess I should say easier than in Canada because, uh, I feel like, uh, like the Philly scene and like the New York scene and like the New Jersey scene is like pretty big, but they're still all close together. So, yeah, especially, you know, that, that kind of New York, New Jersey, Philly area, you know, even, even, you know, down in Baltimore a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's big in a lot of different types of music, but it is big for, you know, hardcore and, and metalcore. I mean, obviously, you know, this is hardcore has kind of become like the apex of aggressive, you know, and, and yeah. loud music, um, you know, and that's in Philly, you know, so it, it's, um, it's kind of like, you know, what once, you know, maybe you can make a lot of different, you know, kind of parallels. And you could say that, you know, Boston has a crazy hardcore scene and, you know, New York does, and even, you know, on, on the West coast and like LA and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it is kind of cool to see how, um, you know, up North, you know, all of this kind of, you know, kind of are, you know, the, the scene that we know, you know, being from, you know, the Northeast and kind of traveling around it, it is cool to know that there is a developing scene, you know, up in, uh, up North, up, up there with you guys in Canada. So it's, it's cool to hear about that right for sure. Yeah, it's weird too, because like, um, well, I shouldn't say it's weird, but like, I feel like um, the pop punk scene, the metalcore scene, and then anything even heavier than metalcore, since we're so spread out and there's like not as many, as much people up here, like it's kind of merged into one scene. When I feel like, like, like you said, like the Baltimore and like the Philly yeah. hardcore scene is like, that's like hardcore, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they aren't playing with the story so far, right? Yeah, yeah. But I like, mean, even, even though the story so far is one of those weird bands that, like, um, maybe not like on the East Coast, but like for some reason, like the West Coast hardcore bands like embrace the story so far. It's okay. so strange. Like, like yeah. stick to your guns. Uh, like the Ghost Inside. Like you know, like they all like embrace the story so far as like a, like an honorary hardcore band. I, I, I have yeah. no idea why, no clue, but it's, it's so strange. I could see them mixing, but like get like Jesus peace and story so far. Like, I feel like that'd not, be not, not, a, not a chance, man. Yeah. Yeah, homie exactly. Only from, from Jesus peace would fucking roundhouse kick <laughs> Parker into oblivion, dude. Off the uh, stage. So, so I, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about that. So, um, you know, have you ever had the opportunity to like get over to the Northeast? Like, have you ever done of this as hardcore or, um, you know, like, have you, have you kind of been able to see, uh, like shows in that kind of realm of, of the country and, and kind of experience it firsthand? I mean, um, when I joined Widmore, they were mm -hmm. on tour in, uh, the Northeast there. Oh, sweet. Okay. So their drummer got sick and had to fly home. So I flew out to Boston. So okay. my only really experience with shows out there are the ones I played. Like we played okay. like Brooklyn, Philly, cool, a um, couple other cities. But other than that, like I don't really know what like attending like a hardcore show would be like out there. Now I do want to ask about your other band because you 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 kind of mentioned that you flew across the 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 Northeast to, to go join up with them. Um, and that's Widmore. So like, how is it being in, in two bands, like two full-time bands? 
Uh, it's, I mean, like, everybody in Gutter King, except me, is in university right now. So that's why we haven't done, like, extensive tours and, like, extensive records, I guess, like, releasing them. So a lot of the time actually goes towards Widmore just because it's, we all live in the same city, too. So it's, like, we meet up pretty much every day. But um, I guess it's, like, a good dynamic because, you know, we do a lot of Gutter King, but at the same time, like, they have school to do and then obviously work when when it's summertime so it's like it's not every day that I have to do both which is it's kind of nice because I'm not completely swamped then so <laughs> now like th- those are two bands that actually like could fit on the same like touring bill have you ever like brought that idea up or played shows together uh I've played with them um when I'm before I was in the band like we've I think first gutter show was with Widmore actually and you had to play both sets no it was before I uh oh, okay. before I was in the band um their old drummer Cole was playing with them that was like almost a year ago almost two years ago yeah almost two years ago so um I've thought about doing both sets um I think I could as long as they weren't like if there was a band in between both sets, I think I'd be fine. But <laughs> if I had to like play a gutter set and then like sit there as like everybody changed but me and then playing a Whitmore set, like I don't think I'd be able to swing my arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be so intense. And it's yeah. just so funny because we've talked to um Brad Garcia. He's in Locket and then also Like Pacific. Okay. And like those two bands like it, it like they probably wouldn't fit on the same tr- touring bill but like yeah. when you listen to gutter king and widmore like you guys kind of are in that same like same world i guess yeah for sure um i don't want to like sound <laughs> i guess in my head this kind of sounds cocky but like in the calgary scene definitely like i guess both those bands are kind of the forefront. Um, but then you go to Edmonton and it's like calling, like you had Nick from calling all captains. Um, like I feel like we played us three, like captains gutter and Whitmore. And that was like the perfect dynamic actually. Cause um, like I said, uh, like the pop punk scene and like the metalcore scene are pretty much the same thing here. So it was, it was cool to see people, pop off to us with more and captains in the same show no yeah it's awesome and i actually had that in my notes like i i have noticed that you tend to play a good amount of shows with calling all captains so it seems like you guys got a a pretty solid friendship going on yeah for sure hey that that might land you guys some equal vision hey we're under this um Whitmore and captains are under the same management so maybe one day maybe one day Right, like I'm sure, like Jake Round listens every once in a while. The owner of Pure Noise, like it, it still doesn't make sense that Gutter King is not signed, and and We've... Whitmore is not signed either, right? Yeah, um, yeah, we uh, we've had like we've talked with people, but I mean, I think uh, at least with Gutter, like I think we're doing pretty good without being signed at this point. So we're kind of just waiting it out to. 
so we uh we feel uh safe with with signing with somebody so we'll see we'll see yeah. one day of course man because you gotta you know you gotta keep your your integrity in terms of you know who's gonna technically own your music and what you're gonna be able to do with it but uh yeah you know you guys are doing good without it you I mean who knows man you know someone will eventually come to you guys and be like yo you, you guys are good enough for like us to just like pay you a salary and give you health benefits and you can just tour all across the u.s and canada <laughs> you know? then you'll just be like yeah sick you know we'll do that we, we, yeah. we can go for that yeah. you know turn it yeah. into a you know an actual llc and shit man but uh so we've uh you know we've explored you know we've explored um you know all all of the the music stuff that you're doing which is awesome but i mean like i said it's not often that we get to talk to a, a flames fan so so let's <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about hockey. So, um, right. I know obviously you're you're a little younger than us. You're how old? If you don't you don't mind me asking. I'm 22. 22. Okay. So, obviously, you you said you've been a lifelong Flames fan. So, what's your first memory? You know, uh, around the Calgary Flames. If is it based around a player? Is it based around an experience? So, you know, your maybe even your first game. Like, you know, what was your first memory? of you know you being a, a flames fan or you even watching hockey as fun as funny as it is it's um <laughs> it's the goal that was definitely in that was called off in the fucking stanley cup playoffs against the lightning i just very vividly remember my dad screaming at the tv because <laughs> uh the goal was in that's, that's all i gotta say the goal was in <laughs> now that was uh Aginla was on that team, right? At that point? Yeah, he was playing at that point. Man. Yeah, I, I think that's the same year that the, the Lightning beat the Islanders in the playoffs, too. They they knocked them out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was young. I don't remember who shot. Like, I don't remember anything but my dad yelling at the TV, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> now, was that 04? Yeah, that was 04. Yeah, I was six, so. Yeah, but, you know, that's kind of like the same age I was when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup, even though, like, Tom and I are, are notable Islander fans. Like, yeah, I still vividly remember when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. And it was, it was just, so I guess I was, what, seven? Yeah, I was seven when they won. And, like, I still vividly remember that. Hmm. Well, you got a you got a better memory than me. I've hit my head too many times, obviously. <laughs> now, you you clearly weren't born yet when the the Flames won their only Stanley Cup. So like it, You didn't it, have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't alive when the Islanders won four Stanley yeah, Cups. Yeah, our our only claim to fame as Islanders fans is we won four cups in a row and neither Mikey or I was alive for them. So <laughs> that's so, yeah, it's we, 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 we feel like we could say that because we feel it every day that a Rangers fan talks to us. So anyways, <laughs> well, I guess that's where I was going. Like, you know, since you, you and I weren't born when the, the Islanders won all those cups and you weren't born when the flames won their cup, like, w was that like something that you felt like you missed your whole fandom? Like, because like, obviously your dad experienced that. So like, he has all those positive memories and like your whole childhood was, you know, I, I hate to say it, like kind of marked with kind very similar to the Islanders, like many years of not making the playoffs. I mean, my um, my childhood best friend was a, a Canucks fan. So as long as they choked every year and didn't win a cup, I was content with 
we've mm-hmm. at least won one cup. So <laughs> I was never really that bummed about it. Um, I'm also a Bears fan in football, so I'm kind of just used to uh, disappointment. So yep. yeah, that's, that's, it's just just how my life goes. I guess that's heartache, man. That really is. Uh, but uh, so I guess talk to me a little bit about your relationship with Jerome McGinley. You know, obviously, like him being one of the the you know the most notable flames. You know, over the years. I mean, there's been a, you know a, a couple more, but I mean, realistically, um, you know, like what. Was he your, you know, your favorite player growing up or did you have another favorite player or like, you know, how, how, how was that for you? Um, I was a, I was a Kipper fan. I loved the uh, Kipper soft. That was definitely my favorite player. Oh, sick. Um, awesome. Jerome Aginla's mom taught me a bunch, actually. She's a school teacher. So, uh, she, uh, she was a substitute, I guess. So like wasn't every day, but she was probably the most frequent substitute in my uh my junior high so okay she'd always she'd always tell us stories about iggy <laughs> so, so like so like would how would that go would it be like you know she's like okay like you know i'm i'm miss again i'm gonna sub your class and like everyone like she'd be like all right turn to page like 10 in your history books and you y'all be like nah like tell us stories and she'd be like <laughs> oh god damn it okay she was she's pretty freaking strict actually oh um, was she yeah she she was she didn't really um like if you nagged her to do it she wouldn't do it it was it was more so like you know class like she finished a lesson early or something like that she'd tell us stories but oh there you go it was definitely never like walk in the class and i'm hearing an icky story it's more so like let's get everything done so we can hear an icky story I I had a teacher in high school who, uh, like, she was such a. I mean, she was, you know, she was very smart, but she was very easily distracted. So yes. we hung on to like four or five different subjects that we knew could distract her. Uh, <laughs> one, of which, one of which was being that she like grew up in like Gonzaga. Washington State and was a huge Gonzaga fan. Oh God! And uh, like, if we really didn't want to learn, all we'd have to do is be like. Oh, the Zags are four right now in, uh, you know, in the rankings, and she would just like blast off, and before you knew it, like the bell would ring. Yeah. And, uh, were were you were you in those classes? Dude, with us yeah, with, I remember. Uh... I remember one year we were able to convince her to literally turn one of her bulletin boards into the March Madness bracket, and that was <laughs> class the whole entire day was just making a bracket. <laughs> I love that man. Like you can't. You can't, it doesn't get better than that, man. It really doesn't. That's yeah. that's just fantastic. I love yeah. it. Keep keep going. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. We don't, have, right? we don't have anything to do. She's like, no, guys, we really need to get through this chapter of uh, of uh, oh, what's the what? Kill the pig, pig, kill the pig, pig. Animal what farm. what book was it? Yep, absolutely. You'd be like, guys, I, I'm so behind in my curriculum. We're only on chapter three of Animal Farm, and it's like, no, no, let's talk more about NCAA basketball. Love it. <laughs> That's funny. Now I had no idea Aginla was a hometown kid. Um, he was born in Edmonton. But, okay, uh, so like, like his mom like followed him when he was playing there, and and then like became a substitute teacher. Yeah, I think I think they moved. I think he was born in Edmonton, but I think he moved here in when he was in elementary school or something like that. I could be totally wrong, but damn, she lives here now. That's all I know. But I feel like I don't think she. She moved here once he moved here. I feel like it was like born in Edmonton, raised in Calgary, I think. I don't know. But man, you have like the whole Calgary experience. Yeah. Like 
Growing up not too far from the Hart house, having Aginla's mom be your substitute teacher. Like, what else are you hiding hiding from us? I don't know. See, we don't have, like, I feel like, I think the population of my entire province is half of New York City. So, like, like, it's a small world here. Everybody knows everybody here. It's kind of funny, but, yeah. All right. Touche. So you, you mentioned Kippersoft being your favorite player. Did you play like goalie as a young kid or how did that become? I never played um like in like a hockey league, but I played a lot of ODR and a lot of street hockey. And I was definitely always goalie in at least street hockey. And I was pretty good at it as I thought until I, uh, Got the good old, uh, good, good old knockers hit, and then I was kind of afraid to be a goalie. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Like, especially once, I, I guess, I my my experience was, you know, a lot of street hockey too. And you know, when you start your play with like, you know, the the plastic ball, but then oh, yeah. as you get into like middle school and high school, you start using the 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 plastic puck. Yeah and, yeah, and and then once kids start ripping slappers with that, you're like, eh, maybe I don't want to be the goalie anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> those those plastic balls too, though, man. I mean, like if you got one of those that were like particularly hard, like you know, yeah, I used to I used to play like street hockey like in the winter, and like man, if you took like oh the oh, orange frozen. one, the it's orange frozen at that point. Yeah, that orange one. Dude, if you took that to, like, any part of it, Yeah, you had to use the yellow for... in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the yellow one was a little, little soft boy. But uh, we, uh, I can't tell you how many hockey balls got lost in the, in the, the Long Island gutters, man. It's, <laughs> it's just, I don't even... I want to talk about it. It's so sad. I can't imagine how much money we lost but losing hockey balls. But, uh, so, um, you know, obviously, you know, n- not to just keep on bringing up flames memories that have sadness behind them but obviously you know <laughs> there's a 29, lot of them bro <laughs> i know and then there are a lot for the islanders too but you know obviously you know the last cup finals or i shouldn't say the last cup finals but the last stanley cup playoffs you know you guys came in there as like you know the the top seed out of the pacific and colorado took you down man so you know what what happened you know like what, what do you think kind of went wrong for you guys you know, how did things break apart and, you know, how do you want to see the team kind of rebound from this and, and learn from that, that heartache? I feel like, like playoff hockey is a totally different style of hockey. Like it's a lot more aggressive. You're playing the same team at least four times. So grudges grow and get created. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like some teams just once playoffs start, they just, turn a new gear and some teams just lose all their skill. Like look at Tampa, like they were top seed in the league and they got swept by Columbus. Yep. So, I mean, at least the flames won one game in that series. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the, it's the cool thing about playoff hockey. Cause it's just, it's totally different than regular season. I totally so. agree. Like, you you don't really hear of eight seeds winning in any other sport, but in yeah. hockey it happens, and it happens a lot actually. So, I think that's just what makes the playoffs so special. And I'm so freaking excited for this 2014 playoff. Like, oh man, 
even even though like there's this like new qualifying round, the quality of hockey is just gonna be so so freaking awesome. And like just because it, one of your teams might be a qualifying team, like I wouldn't rule them out. And I I kind of am on that like side that you're at kind of an advantage if you are a qualifying team because you're going to have those games under your belt, get, you know, the wheels moving. Yeah. So that when you go into that first round, yeah, you got that momentum. And that's what playoffs is all about. Like riding a hot goalie, like just gelling. Yeah. Like, um, I think it was Mike Smith said like, yeah, like when you're hot, the puck feels like a beach ball. And when you're cold, like the puck feels like a BB. So like, the goalie is like so detrimental of just like if you're gonna make it far or not because oh, yeah. some choke and some just all of a sudden are a new player. Like Absolutely. And 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 sometimes like you know, a, as you see like with the, the St. Louis Blues, like Bennington, he, he wasn't like a household name, but he became one because of the playoff run he went on. Yeah, just absolutely turned it up once he once he got it so yeah but i guess as we're on the topic of playoffs like you know a player that tom and i hold near and dear to our heart travis hamannick has come out and and said that he is opting out and not playing in, in this return to play so like how's the city of calgary reacting to that Do, are they being understanding i mean i feel like so much shit's going on right now that like as much as I love hockey and I'm stoked that it's back like it's nothing compared to what's going on in the rest of the world so you can't really blame the guy and it it sucks because he's just a good D so I mean I wish it was TJ Brody because well who likes TJ Brody (laughs) but (laughs) I mean as much as it sucks like I thought this I thought the playoffs weren't going to happen. I thought it was just going to be a right off season. So the fact that we even get a shot, whoever's there is there. So hopefully we don't get knocked out by Winnipeg right away. So if he, if he, if he's opting out, it's, it's up to him. Like I'm not that butthurt about it. It's just hopefully uh, everybody else can pick up the slack. Yeah, I, I really thought that we were going to hear more names of players opting out, but yeah, there there really hasn't been too many. And I understand like Hamannick's situation and that, and like you know his family's health is one of the main reasons he asked the Islanders to trade him just so that yeah. he could be closer to his family. So like I totally get that one. Yeah, and I mean like it's like this this season. Like I said, like I thought it was a write off. So whatever happens, happens. Like. Obviously, I want the Flames to win, but like, I'll be less butthurt this year if we get knocked out than normal years. So, all right, so is what it is. I do want to talk <laughs> about Milan Lucic because Luch, like, you know, it sounds like James Neal had just a ridiculous year, and yeah. it it you know at the moment it kind of seems like you guys got like the short end of the stick, yeah. but. In in like the playoffs, you got to think like a guy like Lucci's just like it shines and like that's what he's made for. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Like some players just turn a new, like they just turn up the gear and then they just take off in the playoffs. But uh, I feel like 
like obviously yeah, Neil had a terrible year when he was a flame and then obviously had a really good year in Edmonton this year um but is kind of of a we call him uh he's kind of like Donkey Kong <laughs> to to us and he's really amusing to watch so like as much as like he's not really like pulling the weight that like Neil was pulling this year um he's just he's entertaining the watch like nobody really hates him so it's kind of funny yeah and you, you guys got him for three more years so yeah <laughs> i guess I you mean, gotta kind of uh enjoy his style of play otherwise you'll just be miserable every time you have to watch him yeah i mean he's a big <laughs> dude he he's he's built like a football player like i don't know why he's playing hockey but like it's he's here so yeah. we got what we got yeah, absolutely, man. You got you got to got to ride that into the sunset. So, um, obviously, you know, you've got uh, you know, Giordano is wearing your C, and I mean, you know, he's he's up there, man. So, yeah. uh, who do you think uh, you know, is getting that C when he uh, you know, eventually decides to hang him up? That's what he's thirty six this year. So, yeah, I mean, he won, like. I don't know how many consecutive periods won it, but um, the fittest, like he was the fittest flame at the end of training camp at the beginning of the season. Like he's still, he's still gunning her. So I don't know how many years he's going to have left because I'm sure he'll be a flame for the rest of his oh, absolutely. career. Like there's no way we're going to trade him. But um, yep. I don't know right now. Like, like I really, I really can't tell you because we have a lot of young players that are really good but as far as leaders like i i can't see any of our top line our top three forwards being being called um having the c yeah for sure like goudreau man good but he's not a good leader i mm-hmm. like monahan maybe but uh chuck's too uh too much of a brat so i don't know if he'd wear a c <laughs> you, you, you could give the C to Alan Quine if you want. Quine, <laughs> he's not on the team, is he? He was for a hot second, uh, but he was, you know, he had a cup of coffee with with the Islanders too, and it wasn't that great of a cup of coffee. <laughs> this is lukewarm. Lukewarm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, mediocre at best. So, I've been asking this question. Um, you know, a couple of times and we kind of got away from it. Uh, but now that obviously, um, you know, Seattle finally has given a name to their franchise, <sighs> right? So, um, how, first of all, you know, you being kind of, you know, out there on the West, like, you know, what's your take on Seattle getting the franchise? I mean, I feel like they, uh, they deserve it. I mean, the more the more teams, the merrier, I guess. I mean, it kind of lowers the chance of winning a cup, but mm-hmm. it's just sure. it just makes for for just more teams to play, more rivals, more uh, yep. more fans to shit talk with. So yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I kind of feel like because of their proximity, I kind of feel like there's a built-in rivalry with 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 Vancouver. Um, but you know, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, you know. The first year they play, you know, there could be a couple of snug games between y'all and all of a sudden, you know, you got the 
Battle of Alberta and maybe the Battle of I don't know. Yeah, I you see got what nothing. You mean. <laughs> yeah, like I was trying to think of a, like a something. You I don't know really geography just... enough to come up with something. You don't <laughs> no, know what's don't. between but, there. But um, but so looking forward to the expansion draft. Um, you know, obviously the whole idea of the you know they kind of cherry pick from from each franchise. Yeah. So who I guess who would you want to see go? Like who would you want to just like be like I right, get this guy off my team? You know, like wash my hands of him. And alternatively, who are you a little worried to see get drafted? Uh, they can take DJ Brody for free if they want. <laughs> Obviously, they do, but he can go. Um, I get really worried every time he touches the puck, so I'd love to not have that. Um, I'm worried, like, man, somebody like Mangiapane, um, you know, he's he's on... He played a lot on third line last year, but he's just, he's one of those players that you just like watch and you hear about that, you know, like he's just going to he he'll be like a first liner in like two or three years for sure. Like he'll be playing on top line for at some point in his career. But, um, yeah, I really like him. Um, but I feel like he, he could definitely be on the list of somebody that would be cherry picked but yeah the radar man yeah for sure yeah he's definitely on the radar yeah what would you say like the the city's reaction is to johnny hockey because it like that would be the name i would be thinking like oh we want to protect him and lock him up but like i don't get that like warm fuzzy feeling of like you know as the outsider looking in that you guys like think of him as like your team superstar we um it's very mixed because um, obviously when he turns it on, he's hot and he is incredible. But when he turns it off, he's almost in the way. So it just really depends. Like last season, he obviously did really well. This season just didn't know how to play hockey, I guess. So um, I feel like obviously we would, I don't think we would uh, give him up that easily so i don't want to see him go but there's definitely people in our city that uh wouldn't mind that's so interesting to me because i feel like you know as an islander fan i would take him on on my team in a second yeah i mean he's almost on that like scale of like mcdavid for edmonton is johnny hockey for us right now but at the same time like as much as I hate Edmonton, McDavid is incredible 95% of the time. And Johnny Hockey is almost like he's 60-40. So yeah. just just really depends how uh, lenient people are. And obviously, I don't get too butthurt about hockey, but there's a lot of people in our city especially that just oh yeah take it. I'm sure your cities as well. but No, actually, you'd be surprised. like. Even though we're in New York, like the Islanders are probably like the fifth or sixth like sports franchise that the like local media will even even cover. Yeah, I guess because like Canada, obviously every city it's hockey, right? Yeah, like it's just it's because it's Canada. But like, yeah, like Dallas, I can't see the Stars being top news when no any any other Texas. Wow. Even Houston, like Texas, Texas high city. school. 
high school yeah. probably gets coverage yeah. more b- before the, the Dallas Stars do. The university football gets coverage before the Dallas yeah. Stars, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Shit. But man. yeah, we only have the Flames and we have our Canadian Football League, but that's nothing compared to the NHL in Canada, so... Yeah, you guys used to have the Calgary Hitmen. I don't know what happened to them, though. Oh, we, yeah, we still have the Hitmen. Oh, just, see? Yeah, but even is then... Is that for Brett the Hitman Hart? That's exactly what that is, yeah. Yeah. It's weird enough, I saw... We were in Philadelphia. We had a pizza shop, and there was a dude wearing a Hitman jersey. And we were like, yo, this is weird. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. It's not even a flame. It's not a flame jersey. Hitman yo, jersey. Philly, Philly is honestly one of those places... That have the weirdest, that like people wear the weirdest shit. And honestly, like no truer words have been spoken than in that one random ass Wonder Years song where he <laughs> sings something about wearing starter jackets from teams that haven't existed since the 90s. Like that's not a, that's not a joke. Like, yeah, like you, you see like, sh- like old school, like Charlotte Hornet shit. You see like, uh, we do exist. Grizzly shit. Like, Dude, yeah, you really do. Like, dude, it's 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 wild. But uh, so I've 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 one one more question for you. Um, just out of curiosity, just because I like I don't know when I'll ever actually get to really ask someone this question again. But like, have you ever actually experienced uh like one of the Calgary Stampedes? And like, what like what is that all about? And like, oh, how yeah. what, what's yeah. like the history of that? And, like, do people from Calgary, is it really, like, a very important thing? It's humongous. Like, wow. it obviously got canceled this year because yeah. everything. But it was probably the biggest upset of the about COVID for Calgarians, for sure. Um, wow. it's, it's humongous. Like, if you're – because, like, a lot of Alberta is, like, prairies and, like, farms and, like – cowboys and stuff like that so basically the stampede's just the gist of it's mostly like the biggest thing is like the rodeo obviously the rodeo over here but Mm -hmm. it's basically a rodeo and a amusement park and a lot of drunk people that's what calgary stampede is um they have um a thing called the coke stage which every day they have bands like bigger bands like i saw lexus on fire there two years oh, ago shit. wow that's awesome and it was it was insane like it, i've never been to a more insane shows because it's just drunk cowboys that don't even listen to the music <laughs> dude it's like in the pit like <laughs> oh, was, i was i was gnarly. reading up on it apparently like the the like the record they had of like people that attended it yeah uh, it was like some like four hundred and twenty five thousand people yeah, that uh, that was the first day too. Was the day Alexis on fire came and it shattered yeah. the record of the previous record. That's yeah, crazy, so. man. It was gnarly. There was like a, pretty sure there was a wall of death before they even started. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just like, what's going on? And it was like plus thirty five degrees, and I'm just dying by the end of it. So Damn. it was fun though. It was fun though. Hell yeah, man! All right, I'm gonna ask my question just because you mentioned Alexis on fire. So. Dallas Green is obviously yeah. like legendary clean vocalist. Like yep. iconic, like even down here in the States, like voice of an angel. Like everyone knows that. Yeah. 
Now, your band Widmore also has a clean vocalist who I have to say is like extremely underrated because like the fact that I'm just like finding out about him and he is like in that caliber. Like when I was tell I was telling Tom like this guy can can sing with like the Johnny Craigs and the you know the Vic Fuentes and like all those like iconic yeah. vocalists from this scene. Yeah. And I'm just hearing about this band like recently. <laughs> like um do you yeah, feel bro, that and you could be um, totally biased like do you feel like he is extremely underrated? Well, I mean I could be biased about it, but I obviously was a fan of the band before I was even in the band. Like when I was just in Gutter King, that idea was going through my head. I was like, wow, like he's definitely going to be a household name in the metalcore scene. Like somebody's going to say my name and they're going to be like, who? But like everybody's <laughs> everybody's going to know Ruel James. So, uh, and then I joined the band and yeah, he's the most, uh, most and, beautiful and what's singer his deal? I know. Like he, he, like he, he clearly has like vocal training, right? I can't remember if he, I don't know if he ever took lessons to be honest. I just think he's been singing his whole life. Like he was in um, a pop punk band called Kingsland for many years and they toured all across Canada for a while. So um, he's been doing it for a while. Like he turned 29 on Wednesday and so he's quite a bit older than me, but uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, he definitely has taught all of us how to sing a little bit better. So that's good because we all like to do harmonies and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, he definitely is what I think makes us stand out compared to um, a lot of bands with quote unquote clean singing. So, um, yeah very powerful voice <laughs> yeah like like when when i when i found out like you were also in that band i was like all right let me check out widmore too and like instantly i was like holy fuck like this guy <laughs> needs to be like the biggest name in the scene right now oh j just wait bro just wait <laughs> shit we got we got fire coming all right i'm looking forward to it so that that's a great just wrap it up point like let's just like Think about cool. what's coming, and Tom and I can't wait to, to hear it, man. Cool, cool. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Grant, we really appreciate it. Like like I said, I knew less to nothing about Calgary and also the Calgary Flames. So like, yeah. now I feel like I'm a pro. I'm Sweet. in. <laughs> cool. If you need, uh, you need any uh, answers to any questions, let me know. <laughs> Amen, dude. Grant, once again, we really appreciate it. And we'll we'll be in touch. And uh, good luck to your flames. And uh, good luck to thank, Gutter King yeah. and Widmore. We're thank we're, you, we're totally pumped for you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this was uh, this was very fun. So yeah, man, you got it, bud. You have a good rest of your night. And like I said, uh, as the hockey season you know uh, goes forward and stuff, maybe we can get you back on and uh, and get the uh, your Bruins fan in your band on as well. And you know we can talk some shit, man. You know. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, man, you have a good one. Uh, you guys too. Thank you. See ya. Thanks. See you guys.
us on Brett the Hitman Hart and Owen Hart. Apparently, like his mom was friends with Owen Hart. He got taught by Jerome McGinley's mom. You know, this guy's like a local Calgary celebrity, man. Calgary sounds pretty sweet, man. It's like the third biggest city, but then also has like a small town feel. Like everyone oh, knows man. everyone. Kind of sounds maybe, like a perfect place. Yeah, kind of sounds like maybe like we need to just like go to Calgary and like hang out and you know do some Calgary shit, go to the Stampede, go to the rodeo, you know, maybe just go to the Hart House, stand there for a little bit, see who walks out, maybe I meet them. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe I become friends with the Hart family, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and you know, I just wish that there was a way for me to get out to to like Western Canada and do all those NHL arenas, but Yeah, man. Dude, the cities are so far away from each other. Like you would have to like fly from city to city. And especially oh, yeah. like, you know, the time off I have in in the winter is, you know, over Christmas break. And that's yep, pretty yep. much it. 
And like, if the Islanders aren't playing over Christmas break out there, like it just isn't going to work. So I I just don't know if realistically I'll ever be able to get out there to catch a game. And I I really like, that's a bucket list thing for me is to, to catch a NHL game in every arena. Yeah. I mean, you know, like at at the very least now that Seattle has a franchise, you know, Seattle and Vancouver aren't like super far apart. So at least that is kind of attainable, you know, even like, you know, I'm bad at Californian geography, but like, who's the northernmost? The San Jose Sharks. It's the San Jose probably. Right. So, I mean, dude, it's doable. Um, but you know, I mean, like, it's just, you have to have a lot of capital to do something like that because you have to build in the fact that like, if you wanted to, you know, take two weeks off and try to do as many as you could, you'd have to be like, all right, well, I got to fly. I got to do this. I got to do that. Or I got to rent a car and do these crazy drives. Uh, you know, I mean, takes a lot of the old men like you and us. So you and I, I should say rather. So I don't know, but you know, but you know, if we get out to Seattle to catch a game, there's no way that we're not forcing Nick Newsham to just have a makeshift Gatsby's American dream reunion while we're there. Like (laughs) I will, I mean, like I will reach into my savings account to make that happen. (laughs) Dude. All all it took to get him to sing the songs we wanted to hear was just like buying him alcohol. So, I mean, (laughs) obviously he's a dad now, so he might, he might not love, love his booze that much, but who knows, man? I mean, you know, you know money could do a lot of funny things to people man what i think you need to do is you need to hit it big and you need to uh hit the lotto so that you can just like throw money at everything and just make it happen so you mean like have the money pit play too yeah have the money pit play red red blue dream could play just all nick newsham projects Every Nick Newsham thing ever. And, you know, and he'll probably, you know, probably do it and he'll pop and lock his way to to prosperity, you know? <laughs> Amen, right? So, yo, listen. Um, one thing, uh, you know, that's super cool. Uh, obviously, I, I wanted to bring it up. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video for it. it it's kind of hilarious. I just came upon it, but I think it's TJ Oshie and Tom Wilson just like, smashing each other with hockey sticks like like right before like a red and white scrimmage i don't know if you got a chance to see this video but it's literally just like oh she like whams on wilson and then wilson comes back and just like hits him like 25 times and it's just kind of like a microcosm for like why it's kind of so great that hockey is back because it's like how do i put this it's like you know this is kind of like dumb, childish, like whimsical, like happiness that's back because hockey is back. And like, you just get to like, see these guys who like probably were absolutely devastated that they didn't get to play hockey for like four or five months. And now here they are back on the ice doing what they love, man. It's just like, you know, we said it all along that we wanted to make sure that things could be done safely. And, uh, you know, there may be some things about this hockey season starting back up that really weren't in the best interest of everyone. But, you know, we haven't heard much of, you know, tremendous negativity with a lot of players testing positive. And, you know, so the the prognosis looks good. And uh, I'm just really happy for for hockey to be back and and to, you know, to get to start watching it in a couple of days, about a week. You know, I'm stoked. 
Well, this episode's going to drop on Monday, so literally just like a day until hockey. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're up. You're you're right. You're right. These are sure, good so. times, man. Like I'm I'm super excited and unfortunately it comes like as my summer vacation starts to wind down, but Yep. You know, this has been a great summer. I I I just am like over the moon at the fact that you and I have been able to put out two episodes a week basically yeah. since March. And yeah. that's just, that's crazy. Like the amount of it is. quality conversations we've had with some of our favorite yeah. bands, like that, that's a summer to remember. And uh, I'm just super happy that got to do something productive that I truly, truly love. So, yeah. Yeah, man. And, and I, I appreciate you, you know, you, you having me along on the ride with you, man, you know, obviously I'm, you know, I, I kind of came into this as just, you know, uh, you know, a guy on the side filling in, but you know, now that this is, you know, part of, you know, part of my, my journey with you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to have done it. And, uh, you know, this summer, you know, and, and the, and the spring leading up to it, I mean, had a lot of really negative things, you know, from, uh, you know, everything going on in the world, you know, relating to race relations and, you know, the, maniac that we have for a president and a lot of the negativity and, and bigotry and all that stuff happening that really put a damper on, you know, the outlook being a little bleak, but being able to do this and being able to have good conversations with people, being able to speak our mind and being able to, you know, listen, listen to the people that were listening to the show and getting their input uh, was really just an awesome, unbelievable experience. So, you know, really over the moon about it and we'll continue to be, man. I think we've got some awesome things on the horizon. And I think this is a good a time as any, uh, you know, to let you guys go. And real quick, uh, you know, before you do your thing. Yeah. What? If any of our listeners know any sweet Arizona bands, please hit me up because that is a fan base. I want to talk to and don't tell Jim, tell me Jimmy Eat world. Like, I think Tom and I realized like we're not getting Jimmy Eat World on the podcast. So like other Arizona bands that you know have Coyote fans in them, send them my way. We need to talk. All to right, them. sweet. Yeah, I'm into it. That band, The Bled, who I loved, were from Arizona. I don't know if any of them are hockey fans, but I don't know if anyone that used to be in The Bled was listening to this <laughs> podcast for whatever reason. Hit me up if you're a hockey fan. Also. If the singer of the blood is listening, dude, one time I saw you and you put on these humongous Hulk fists and tried to hold a microphone and it was hilarious to me. I loved it so much. You also put yourself in a trash can once. That was weird. Anyways, yo, I love you guys out there. I love that you are listening to us. I love that you're interacting with us. Um, I'm so excited to see all the positive messages from you guys and people that are shouting us out, man. It makes me feel so good. I love it. I love it. I'm super stoked that people are, are loving what we do and it just makes me want to do it more and more. So uh, as always, man, hit us up uh, on Instagram at Bardown Breakdown. We've got all of our links there. You can see all of our uh, podcast archives. You can get us Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe to us. so You never miss an episode. Check out our Bardown Breakdown playlist on Spotify. It's going to get you up to date with all of the great artists that we have chatted with. And honestly, I say it all the time, and I know it's probably getting nauseous for you guys to hear me, but I really hope you guys find your next favorite band. That's why we do this. So on that note, again, I love you guys. I'm super pumped for what we got coming up for you. 
and I'm super pumped uh, that we got to to chat with Grant, man. Both of his bands are awesome, and I hope you guys feel the same. So, Mikey? All right, Tom. It's been real, man. Peace be with you. And also, with you.